What's good, what's good, Flavor Fest family? We're back with another episode today. Man, I'm super excited because I got one of my homies today, one of my close friends that I've known for decades, literally decades. And this guy is a legend in the CHH space, known in the urban ministry community as well. Been around Flavor Fest a whole bunch of times and we got stories for days. So we're going to have some fun today. We're going to tell some stories. This guy remembers the most random things about every event. <laughs> like, he, anyways, but we're going to have some fun today. We're going to jump right into it. So welcome to the Flavor Fest Leadership Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast, where we talk to innovative artists, creative pastors, church planners, entrepreneurs, and people creating movements. Our goal is to inspire and equip you in ministry, music, and the marketplace. I'm your host, Tommy Urban D. Colonia. All right, all right, we're back. This is actually episode number 24 in 2023. Man, we've been getting it in this year, been on the Flavor Fest tour, been to New York City, LA, Atlanta, Houston, and we are going to land the plane in sunny Tampa, Florida. It is sunny, y'all. We are okay from the hurricane. Tampa Bay is okay. Thank God we just got a little bit of rain. The storm kind of passed to the west, uh, went up and hit the Big Bend area of Florida. They got a lot of damage up there. But thank God, we, we were cool. There was a little flooding around the bay, but that was just all the rich people in the big mansions. They, they'll, they'll be straight. They'll be good. Everything else was, was good. So we are ready for the big Flavor Fest Leadership Conference, which we moved back from October to November because of hurricanes. Seriously, we said we want to push it, push it out a little bit to give us a little bit of space. And uh, it is going to be popping November the 2nd through the 4th, flavorfest.org has all the details. If you go to the website, uh, we are launching the new website this weekend. So if you go on there, by the time you're seeing this, it might be up or it's coming up any minute. We're going to put on there the artists, the speakers, the workshops, all the details are going to be there. Listen, you don't want to miss it. It's always going to be a big family reunion. And the brother that I got on today, he's going to be there. He's been there multiple times, but he is coming this year He's going to rock the stage. He's also going to be part of one of the general sessions, and we're going to talk about that. We got a special general session at Flavor Fest that's going to be celebrating 50 years of hip-hop, and we're going to talk about leadership lessons that hip-hop has taught us. It's going to be fire. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but uh, hey, real quick, just, just make sure you like this video. Uh, if you are not subscribed to the channel, subscribe to it. Let some people know about this. But my guy that I got coming on today is none other than Mr. KJ52. Come on, y'all make some noise for KJ52. Hit it. Up, Hit the man? button. Over and over and over and over and over. Let me give you the claps. <laughs> so what's good, man? Hello, old Hello, my old friend. I don't mean that like you're old. I just meant we go way no, back. I, I am kind of getting old, bro. We are, we are both kind of getting up there to, to OG status, man. I had a big think, birthday recently, but, you know, still I looking think middle young. Age. I think middle age. Yeah, you. I know you rub hummus on your face every it's night. It's the Grecian formula, it. man. It's the, it's the Grecian <laughs> fountain the Grecian. of youth that I've found. I've never, I've never seen an old Greek person. I, I've seen older Greek people, but never old. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, because you lived in Tarpon Springs for a minute, man. I did. I went to high school at Tarpon Springs. Yes, the Greek mafia. Capital of the world. Yes, sir. Opa. Opa. So many, so many words I did not understand that I found out later that were not positive statements. <laughs> Yo, man, my uncle visited me, surprised me on my birthday a couple of okay. weeks back from New York. He came down, my Greek uncle, and of course, we had to take him to Tarpon Springs. Uh, of course. He's never been there before. So we, we took him there to the sponge docks and took him to some of the little <clears throat> shops and the restaurants, the yeah. Greek restaurants down there. And, uh, man, my uncle's totally fluent in Greek. And so he was really? just going in with this, this old Greek lady that was running her shop. They were just like, nah, nah, yep. nah, nah, nah. I was like, wow. He's like, I think, I think my dad did a mural that's still there. <clears throat> Actually, as of a couple of years ago, he did the, um, it's right there on the docks. It's, uh, it's either the big grouper or it's the diver. I can't remember, but, um, I took my wife there a couple of years back, uh, for our anniversary. And I was like, this town has not changed one bit. <laughs> like I went in one of the restaurants, there was a mouse running across like the front of the place. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. Oh, so, it's the mascot. It's the mascot. So, man, uh, we just had a hurricane pass, as I talked about that in a minute. Y'all good down in Fort Myers? Yes. You guys good? But now last year, the week before yeah. Flavor Fest, this is the reason we're moving Flavor Fest back to November. Seriously, the storm yeah. was supposed to hit Tampa Bay. I mean, it was all over national news. Like They were like, Tampa Bay is probably going to get obliterated. It's going to be destroyed. Yeah. But um, at the last minute, it ended up turning, and you're like about an hour and 45 minutes south of us in Fort yep. Myers, Cape Coral. And, man, yeah. I remember, bro, you were like – talk a little bit about your hurricane experience last year, bro. We, we were ground zero, and I found out later that it actually was a Cat 5 when it hit by like two miles an hour or something like that. So, yeah, um, it took a turn. Um, I've been here my whole life in Florida. Uh, so you kind of build up an arrogance, you know what I mean, about yeah. a hurricane. Ah, we good. Yeah, you're like, eh, you know. You guys always miss us. Yeah, I think the arrogance caught up to us. So, like, I mean, it really, um, you know, there's was, was a lot of people that lost their lives on the barrier islands, people that didn't make it out, people that hid in their cars. Um, the storm surge went up to, like, the second story in downtown Fort Myers, um, <clears throat> where I'm at in Cape Coral. I'm kind of dead center, but a lot of people that go to our church live out in Pine Island and it literally washed the entire bridge away. Um, the island was like the wild, wild west. You know what I mean? Like dudes walking around strapped up, AK-47s, people snatching stuff, like signs that say I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Just- If you loot, we will shoot. Yeah, it was, it was beyond that. It was like, I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like it was just, yeah. and, and the, the thing that was crazy about it was no phones, no water, yeah. no electricity, no Wi-Fi. Um, I remember I was trying to reach out to you, and it was like it was nothing for the first several days. And you'd have no AC. Yeah. You told me you went, you took a bath in the canal, <laughs> right? <laughs> that <laughs> was canal more, behind I, your house. You got so desperate, like, man, I just. <sighs> that was more like, well, if I have to, I have to, right? So I'm like, you know, demonstrating to my kids. I live on a canal, so. Um, in hindsight, it was probably a bad idea, but you know, the, Did you the take your soap was, bar out there Were you like, with your soap bar, like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> no, nah, I just, I was just like, all right, I'm, I've watched a couple of Bear, Bear Grylls episodes. I can make this, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, but being at the church, like 
there really wasn't even time to like process anything because we went right into relief efforts. Yeah, you know, immediately. like I feel like the hurricane hit on a Wednesday. We still had service on Sunday. Uh, no you know, power, no light, right? you no guys, power. You guys, did you do it outside that Sunday? No, we we just we opened the doors. Uh, we had an acoustic piano, um, a little. Do we have still, a little light? Still no power, right? Still no power. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, you've never worshiped till you've worshiped like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm, um, sure it was, I'm sure it was a little warm too, right? No AC. Yeah. Well, it was like immediately we're like, oh, this would be the worst time possible to have no power, no electricity. Every kid in Cape Coral and Southwest Florida became an 80s kid. Like, there was no such thing as like backyards and borders and fences. Like you just, you kids just roamed around, you know, after a couple of days of boredom and no, and no devices. So all that combined with people helping out people, like you really saw the very best and the worst of people. Um, but we, we started relief efforts on that Monday through the whole week and, you know, cars wrapped around our church for up the road, um, you really saw the church spring into action, honestly, faster than a lot of the relief organizations. Um, so whether that was food, clothing, um, showers, you know, just, I mean, you name it, like there wasn't even time, like I said, there was not even time for me to like process. It was like, we're going to get to work. And, um, I could just talk about it for, I could talk about it for a long time. But like, again, yeah. like I said, I saw the worst and the best come out of people. During yeah, I remember that time. I talked to you a couple of weeks. Finally, I mean, we talked a few days after from when you finally got power. But a few weeks later, like you were uh, you were exhausted, man, because you were just going nonstop. And <laughs> Flavor Fest was the following week and you were supposed to come. Um, but you just weren't able to make it because you were just like dead. <laughs> but it wasn't even it was it was there was like there was the first initial like go, go, go. And then it would about two weeks later you were able to finally start processing what happened. And then by three weeks, um, you started seeing uh, older people um, having heart attacks, um, health issues, um, domestic violence going up. It was like everybody, everybody held- Everybody was running this, on adrenaline, right? Yeah, really. Everybody held yeah. this tension in their bodies for two to three weeks, and then it had to go somewhere. And so like, you know, I remember in the middle of doing relief efforts, lady coming up, she's just bleeding and bruised and crying. And she was basically squatting at a place like around the corner and, you know, got in this fight with her boyfriend and drugs. I mean, it was just, like I said, it was insane. Like, I mean, you know, just one thing after another. Um, so but what, it was was it like, what was it like in your house, man, during the storm? I remember you were telling me about that. Just even like the, the noise of the storm going by. You said it was like a train or something. So at first, you know, it was hitting at the front door as the best mm -hmm. way I can describe it. I'm sorry. It was hitting at the back door. It was hitting at my porch first. Um, and it was flooding my porch, even though I had all the shutters up. So it was like I'm scooping giant gallons of water up just out of my porch so it doesn't come into my house. Even though like I'm up eight feet, I'm above, like I'm dead central. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was just the amount of rain. Um, and you know, you, you're boarded up, so it's crazy. You know what I mean? You, you don't have any electricity, so you, you don't see anything outside. 
Um, so it's just, it was just an eerie feeling. I'm trying to keep it together for my kids, you know, and my mom who unfortunately suffers from, you know, cognitive, uh, issues, you know what I'm saying? And so like, you didn't really even know when it passed you couldn't get on the internet. You could, your text, texting wasn't working. So it was like everything worked up to a point and then all of a sudden it's just radio silence. You can't reach anybody. You don't know what's going on with your loved ones. I, I, I found out that like it had flooded down where my mother-in-law is. Like the water came up to her mailbox. Like it flooded her house. My brother-in-law, I have footage of this, of him in his car, water's up to the top of his car, going to rescue her. Wow. You know, that fast. But again, everything's radio silence. You have no idea what's going on. You can't get through text messages, phone calls, mm -hmm. nothing. And then it was like, it was a calm, not, not a perfect calm, but you're like, I think we're in the eye. And I remember opening the front door and it was still really crazy. And then by the time I shut the door, I'm like, that's when it gets dangerous. People think it's okay. And you get the other side of the hurricane and that's actually when the storm surge hits. And that's really when it went bonkers. Like that's, yeah. that's when, you know, it toppled the telephone pole um, that would have gone and landed in my house. It was only being held up by the power line. Um, it bent one of my palm trees, um, just, and you, by the time, like it wasn't until the evening cause you could really go outside and look, I mean, it just looked like a bomb went off everywhere, everywhere, just everything, just, it, it's hard to describe. And I, the first thing I remember thinking as I walked outside was like, I looked at the, the telephone pole and I went, wow, it's still standing. I'm like, oh no, no, we're still standing. Like, like I moved quickly to move my cars and get them out on the road. Our cars were destroyed. Um, but again, it was just radio silence. Like you just had no idea what was going on. You couldn't reach anybody. You didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't realize how hard it was. You couldn't, you, it was just, I can't, I can't describe it except to just say that um, we were all very humbled yeah. and, you know, um, you know, like my little, my, my youngest son who was seven, just started kind of having a panic attack in the middle of it. So I had to kind of like talk him down and as crazy as that was, it was really more crazy the next, the next week. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, again, no one can reach you. You can't really reach them. Um, but you're still trying to mobilize as the body of Christ. And then mm -hmm. how long is it going to be? You know, like how long will, will we not have water, you know, the most basic of necessities. And then the things that like I thought to prepare for, I didn't prepare for. But then what you really saw is it broke down the literal and figurative walls between neighbors. And let's be honest, as Floridians, like we're not like Midwesterners where we're like, howdy neighbor, come on down. We're gonna have a little barbecue. You know, like we tend to kind of <laughs> stick to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And that all was gone. Cause like you had to check on your neighbors and you really needed each other. Like people that I had, okay or good relationships with all of a sudden like I'm like we're gonna go serve and I've got my kids out there and we're cleaning up their yard and you weren't just a neighbor anymore you were a community like you became a community and um, and then like I said by two weeks in like every teenage kid every kid became an 80s kid <clears throat> and um, you know riding bikes around outside all day long stranger things um, and you know what? Uh, it was hard for me to admit that I needed help. Um, but I'm telling you, people came out of the woodwork to help me, you know, and my family. And I, I never forget, like, I uh, ended up meeting this guy. 
this guy texted me on Sunday morning. He said, he said, how you doing? You know, I'm getting a thousand texts like this. I'm like, yeah. I'm fine, you know, praying through, blah, blah, blah. He's like, how are you really? I said, I said, he's like, what do you really actually need? And I said, right now, I need a car and I need a phone because I got to be able to be on the phone all the time and I can only charge my phone in the car and I can't start my car. This guy had a rental car for me with no strings attached for months for me to use and a brand new phone, which is this phone right here. And I, he gave it to me and I had you to go got, meet him. You got rid of I the broke. iPhone 5? <laughs> Finally. Bro, I'm telling I'm people out there listening. Listen, KJ52 had like a iPhone 5. It was like this big. It was, it was like the size yeah. of the, the old school iPod. I'm like, how I like, do you I like read that thing? It's so still. tiny. He's like, well, I have it because it keeps me off social media. It works. It does. The battery life was so bad, it would keep me off social media. But, you know, I had to do relief efforts, so I'm like, I got to be on my yeah. phone, you know what I mean? So, and I, I never forget when they gave me the car, you know, and they just gave me the car. They actually raised some money, gave me some money, and I just, I, it was the first time it hit me, just that pure act of God, God's love and kindness, and I, I just lost it for the first time in that parking lot. Mm. And, um, you know, that was just one of many people yeah. um, that helped, but... But I also had to like break my own pride down and be willing to ask for help, you know. That was hard, you know, because yeah. I'm like, I'm self-made. I don't need nobody. <laughs> so how are things now? Like that was a year ago, almost well, eleven months ago. How are things now? Has the has the area pretty much like got back to normal, rebuilt? Do you still see um, uh, there are evidence still people in our it? church that yeah, there are still people in our church that are still rebuilding their homes. Um, there are, you can still go see in downtown Fort Myers, you can see some merged boats, um, you know, so there's still like faint remnants of it. Um, I mean, for six to eight months, you just saw blue tarps on houses for everywhere you went. Yeah. Um, so there's the remnants of it. Yeah. A year later, there's still the remnants of it because, you know, as much as we battled the hurricane and no food or, or to say no, you know, no electricity. Also, the hardest battle is your insurance company and your mortgage company. Yep. <laughs> so I was actually I blessed with a really good, I was really blessed with a good insurance company, but uh, my mortgage company drove me insane. Like, so, and then even, then even like if you're, let's say you do get all the money released or whatever and everything gets processed. You're, you're waiting forever uh, to get somebody to come and fix stuff because there's yeah, way more so demand than there's yeah. supply. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Wow. Man, so yeah, you've been through a lot. I, we didn't even plan on this being like a hurricane episode. Like that, that wasn't even on the docket, but we're just freestyling. Speaking of freestyling, you are like one of the best freestylers I know. That's been a gift that you've had over the years. And as, as a matter of fact, man, I, I love it because when I give people a tour here at Crossover Church and we go down this, this, this main hallway that's behind our auditorium by our gym, we have all these different like news articles that we've been in over the years for the unique style of ministry that we do. And then we get to this one plaque that's on the wall. And I got right. it right here, man. And so if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see here it is, baby. Now, how many churches, I always joke around, I'm like, how many churches have one of these? And if you're listening to this on the actual audio podcast platforms, 
we're on YouTube as well. You can Urban D813. You can go on the YouTube channel watch it. But this is I'm holding up in my hands a Guinness World Records certificate for the longest freestyle by a team that lasted yep. 12 hours and two minutes. And the team yep. was called the KJ52 Freestyle Team. And that was from January of 2014. So how many churches have a Guinness That's almost World 10 years ago. That's book? crazy. Yeah, man. So, so man, tell, tell, tell everybody the crazy story about that dream. I remember you called me. You're like, yo, I got an idea. So uh, it was right around the time when uh, our homie, who unfortunately is no longer with us, DJ Official, when he passed away, he was, yeah. I should say, he was battling cancer yeah. at the time. And I saw, you know, a lot of people in the Christian hip hop community kind of like stepping up to like help him with his, you know, bills and stuff like that. And I thought, what, what is something unique I could do to help? And uh, I just thought, what if we had like a freestyle marathon and like, you know, people pledge money every minute or something like that. Um, that was the initial idea. And then I think what happened was like Lecrae put up like one tweet about him and like he got all his bills paid like right off that tweet or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So I, I was like going, well, okay, I guess I don't really need to raise any money for this guy. Um, but I still like the idea. And I started just researching, like, what's the record? What's the world record for freestyle? And there was like one record for individual, and then there was one record for team. And I remember thinking, like, well, knowing hip hop and how self-driven it is, this individual record is just going to keep getting broken. Like, it doesn't matter what it is; someone else is going to come along and Somebody's be like, "Always going to try." I can. Do, drink, I'm going to kill myself for 24 drinks. hours. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, okay. What, so what is the current I, record on that? Do you know? I have no idea. Roughly? Oh, man, I think, I, I know it's over 24 hours. Oh, like, my goodness. That is like, insane. But at the time, there was one record for team that was around 10 hours. Yeah. And I thought, okay, 10 hours, that's a team. I looked it up. I'm like, there was no limit on the amount of the team. And I thought, you know, I know five, you know, I know five freestylers that could hold it down for an hour. You know, easily. You know what I mean? Like, I knew five guys, uh, mm -hmm. and I should say five guys and a girl. I was like, I, I think I have enough. I was like, plus myself. I'm like, this is actually kind of doable. I thought if we trade off every other hour, yeah. I'm like, we could kind of do it. And then I thought, well, where, you know, where would I want to do this? And I thought, well, immediately I thought there's no other place I'd rather do it than a crossover because obviously we have so much history. But mm -hmm. I also thought, like, I knew you had the capabilities to do it. And then I thought, when should we do it? I was like, you know, a Sunday would be crazy to do it because, like, you could do it while service is happening and then they could come back. <laughs> yeah. So, again, that's just how my brain worked. And so I reached out to you and also knowing that you would be like, absolutely. So it was like. Yeah, most pastors would be like, what? What is that? No. Yeah. Like, yeah. So everything like, just. Let's go. Everything really just fell in place. And it was beautiful. I reached out to the people that I was reaching out to. And the, the, the other reason was, too, I was like, if we do it as a team, no one person can say, I was the one that did this. It was yeah. a team effort. I thought, this separates us from mainstream hip hop. Like, we are about trying to lean on each other, right? And, and then, like, even the freestyle guys that I knew, I'm like, they're not just like, blah, blah, blah for an hour. Like they're really gifted and creative. Yeah. And I thought we could do something that's even nah, creative they, with. They killed it, bro. I, the, the craziest thing I remember is when you guys, cause you, you did hours separately, like each 
yeah. person did their own hour. Um, yeah. But then you did a lot of hours where you were going back and forth and collaborating yeah. like a minute, a minute, like a line, yeah. a line. And then you guys started playing that game where the person <laughs> will put the card on their head. Right. And the other person is trying to like, you know, tell you like hints yeah. to try to guess what's on your card. Yeah. And, yeah. and people, they were doing this and they were rhyming. And, and yeah. they were, the other person was guessing it. In right. a rhyme, back to them. And I'm like, That's my, this yeah. is, that, that game is hard enough anyways. But when you right. have to put it in a rhyme and respond in a rhyme, bro, that, yeah. that right there, I've never seen anything like that. That was crazy. Yeah, and so, you know, there's a lot of significances of it. The other one was that my childhood homie, who, who I did my first rap group with, like when I was in ninth grade, um, before I became a believer, like a year or two later when I moved, yeah. um, he was like a celebrated upright bass player. He's actually a, a school mm -hmm. teacher here. And I thought, man, if I got to hold it down for an hour, like I need to like surround myself with people that inspire me. And so a couple things happened for my hour was that he came and played upright bass on my hour, you know, through yeah. that whole hour. Um, that was and then crazy. my cousin, what's that? I said that was crazy. I remember that. Yeah. Like, what did you just, see like, that a dude playing upright bass in a freestyle <laughs> session? Well, it was it was just like I was like, yo, like this is what we goofed around about. Yeah, man, about. it worked. Here, you know, 20, 30 years later, whatever it was, we're we're actually doing it. And he's, he, you know, he's not a rapper per se, but it was just like, I don't know, man. It was just it was just the whole thing, top to bottom. I, I'll be honest, the freestyling part as grueling as that was it was infinitely more exhausting for me running everything you know yeah. what i'm saying like keeping everybody on rules time. there was a lot of stuff you that, had to organize we had timekeepers and people like writing yeah. stuff down filming it and the dope yeah. thing was at the time there was a, a christian hip-hop entity which was really kind of like the number two rapzilla was yeah. kind of like the most known and a close second yeah. was jam yeah. the hype and yeah. shout out to them. They're not really around anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But they actually were renting um, a space here in our building right. at Crossover to have an office. And one of the guys was coming in here regularly, and they had equipment. And so we reached out to them, and we're like, yo, we're going to do this thing with KJ, with the freestyle, with some right. you know rappers from our church and some people he knows. And they were like, yo, let's stream it. And so we streamed the whole thing all day right. live. Um, right. on jamthehype.com and there was people like thousands of people from around the country ended up like throughout the day tapping in yeah. and then the right. dope thing was during the two morning services we did three services at the time two in the morning one in the evening and the two in the morning like we put it up on the screens for about five minutes we're like this is happening right, right now behind right. that wall backstage which I'm actually right. in that area right now where the, we built the podcast studio in here, this is where you guys were doing the freestyle in this suite over here. And, uh, but then the dope thing was at night, we had uh, a, seven, a 6 p.m. service. And at the end of the service, like the yep. moment right when you guys broke the record, you got, we had you guys come out on stage rapping as you came out. The DJ transitioned the beat. So everything kind of just kept flowing. And then you guys broke the record. And, and right. then you kept going like another two hours. And everybody well, just kind of hung out and it, it was it was fire, bro. Yeah, so we, I remember we had a lot of people that wanted to be a part of it, that we yeah. had them audition. 
And frankly, I didn't trust a lot of them that they could hold it down for an hour. So what we did is once the record was broken, we opened it up to anyone. Anyone yeah. could get up there. And if they could only rhyme for two minutes, it was no problem. It's just like pass the mic. So yeah. it really became an even bigger part, you know, aside from the court, was it five? I can't remember if we had five or six. So yeah, you, you had- Free um... Dabs, Jarrell, Sicily. Yeah, it was five of you. I guess it was five. It was yeah. a core five. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But, but like, there was yeah, so there was many. Probably another here. 15 or 20 that right. jumped in at night yeah. after you guys broke the record. And yeah. There was just so many unsung heroes, too. Like, Rubox coming through to beatbox. Yep. Um, your boy, uh, I forget his name, the other beatbox homie. Um, Jabo. 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 Yeah. I remember he came through. Yep. Uh, my drummer came through. Um, I know we had multiple DJs. Um, People online just, were typing stuff in the chat for you to freestyle yes. about. People in the crowd yes. during the afternoon. Because we moved you to yep. the main stage during the afternoon. And yep. people, all afternoon, there was maybe 20, 25 people that were kind of hanging right. out watching. And people were coming up right. I remember my daughters were young at the time. They were going up all excited, writing words on a board. Right. And, you know, then you guys were freestyling about whatever words people wrote up on the board and it was this it was it was it was a lot of fun the, super creative the technically i think we went for 13 hours but you have to they make you take five minute breaks yeah every hour so so you don't die you to go, yeah you that, had to go they, they put that hours. in there because people have died before so right. they make you take a five minute break to go right. eat something to drink yeah. something to to go to the bathroom like it's yeah. crazy so, so we had to go 13 hours for it to be 12 hours yeah. counted. So, um, I just remember like, because there was a stipulation that if you stopped for three seconds, the whole thing was negated. So yeah. I was always in like panic mode, but like, yeah, like you got to jump in, be ready to jump in in case somebody I'm drops like, the box, box, go, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it was just, uh, yeah. When you yeah, told me that I, you scared me and you're like, you want to go? And I'm like, ah, I'm good. I'll chill. Well, I'm, I'm here to help. As I, left, I just remember like my brain could not shut off. Like I was, I was like a constant, every, everything was a rhyme. Like everything I saw was a rhyme. Like I, I turned, you know, pillow, willow, chillo, brillo. You know, <laughs> ah, I just want to go to sleep, peep, cheap, deep. I'm like, no, you know what I mean? Like I just, I couldn't stop. And <laughs> the, the irony of the whole thing was I actually had somebody reach out to me like a couple years later. And it was like, we're going to break your record They in Atlanta. They're like, we're going to do 24 hours as a team. They're like, would you mind like giving us some tips? I'm like, you, you want to consult me to break the record? No. And I, no, you know, as a, as a believer, it's like, it's not about yeah. a competition. So I actually ended up consulting them, helping them get set up to do the 24 hours and like giving them some, some pointers. And they actually were like, hey, you want to be a part of it? And it just worked out that I was landing in an overnight flight in Atlanta while they were going on. I could have hopped off the plane and jumped in and hopped back on the plane. And I remember like when all that went down and happened, this was again years later, I was like, you know what? There's nothing left to prove. Like, well, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, this is just combat yeah. competition. Well, the irony was they never turned in their, their stuff. They never documented their, their, um, their attempt. And 
be, that's what I'm trying to say. Like the hardest thing about it was the amount of work you had yeah. to do to pull it off. Not I think it's because they had some, I think they, they had some more than three second pauses. That's what I think. Well, either way, they never turned it in and Guinness yeah. shut down the category right after. Yeah. So like we were cemented in time, like there's no way to break it. So yeah, I was if like, were, if you remember, man, we then were talking about, we were coordinating it to do it at flavor right. fest and to break right. it and do 24 hours. Cause there's so many rappers at flavor fest and we were actually even starting to do signups online to be like, yo, we need freestylers and we're going to do this for 24 hours. And we need people right. who volunteers to help film because the middle of the night would be some of the hardest, you know, to get somebody Brutal. rapping at 3, 4 a.m. Right. and people there filming it and documenting. Yeah. And we were filling it all up, and, and we would easily do it because there's like 200-plus artists that come to Flavor Fest, and there's, you know, right. dozens that can freestyle. And uh, But then, yeah, they, they closed the category, and you got saved. <laughs> you got saved from having that marathon, bro. And, and that would have been a lot. It would we, were, we were both crazy enough to be like, yeah, let's do it. We can do it. God said, nah, sir. 12 hours is good. Nothing. No, sir. Yeah, man. So, so what are you doing now with freestyle? Like, what have you been doing lately to keep those freestyle muscles strong? <laughs> um, well, here's what's really happened. I think the reality is, is that freestyling is a beautiful, incredible relic of the past. That's the only way I can say it. I just have to be honest with you. Like, um, the, the cool thing was a couple of those guys went on to do some incredible stuff with freestyle. You know, the free yeah. guys took what they did at the event and that became their full-time job. Like they worked at universal studios and Are they, they still worked doing at, that now. I'm not sure if they're doing that now, but I mean like they, they were street performers, freestylers for years. Like yeah. they, they I, I had several people tell me like that they, that they seen them over there. Like, yo, those guys, they came to crossover for the freestyle thing. And we had them come on a Sunday, I think at yeah. least one other time to just perform. And yeah, they yeah, they turned it into a legit, not just job. Like they turned it into a like a a full blown entertainment production company hiring people. Like they had multiple spots going. I was really proud of them. Like they took freestyling way farther than my era ever yeah. did. So you know, I, I came to realize that at a point like we're now living in a culture, everything is one minute, minute and a half, thirty second sound bites. Freestyle just does not translate to that because it's something that you have to be there to see. It's something that you have to experience. It doesn't always translate. I mean, there's a few guys. I think there's a guy named uh, Harry Mack. What's it? Have you What's seen it? Harry Mack on YouTube? Harry Mack. He's yeah, dope. he's like one of like two or three people that have turned it into like a career per se. Um, but for me, you know, like I'm a pastor now. Like that's my life. My life is helping people live a Christ-centered life. My life is, you know, discipling people and sharing the gospel and helping people find their, you know, their niche and blah, blah, blah. So, like, it's not like I'm going to freestyle my sermon or something like that or, you know, how to, like, 12 steps to discipleship. So they're really, you know... Have people ask you that be before, bro? Because they've asked me that before. Do you wrap your sermons? Yeah, like, uh, I actually, I have pushed my KJ stuff so far away from my church stuff for a reason, like on purpose, like I don't want you to get distracted by something I did at that point in my life. So, you know, anyway, all that to be said, no, I don't necessarily, I mean, I, I, I'll still do it because it's fun. I might do it on a Friday, 
Um, but it doesn't Style translate the same way. Um, but where it actually has translated is like when I want to write, um, I might freestyle just to get a, a feel or rhyme starters or stuff like that. So, uh, and you know, the occasional show that I still do, it's still a part of my show. That's actually where it really shines now. Like yeah. to do it at a show when that's completely never done anymore, when it used to be common in the 90s. That's really where now younger kids, like Gen Z kids and Gen Alpha kids, if I they want to see me freestyle because it's so not you know it's like yeah, I don't it's know engaging, it's like, but it's rare. It's not like something they can see all the time. But so. there has been a shift. I, I've definitely noticed like some Gen Z kids obsessions with the '90s and and these you know yeah. these things that were they'd have no clue about. They might actually swing the pendulum to really be, you know, excited about it. So, um, it, it occupies the same place it always did. I mean, I, I grew up as a kid doing like improv classes in a very artistic home. So mm -hmm. to be creatively spontaneous was kind of just part of my life, you know? Yeah. Well, man, let's shift gears and talk about pastoring for a little bit. Okay. But before we shift the gears, man, Come on, man. You got to drop a freestyle for us right here on oh, the man. podcast. I'm going to put you on the spot. Just okay. go ahead and just spit a little something, something. Why don't you, uh, why don't you freestyle about pastoring, bro? <laughs> see, that's the thing. I've never, I've never, ever liked to do an acapella freestyle. It's just something, I guess. So you need a beat? I don't even know if, I don't no, even no, know I got, if we're on the right time. Because this is. There we go. Oh, you got a beat right there. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you can see me quite loud. My man just we had an iPhone 5. Uh, but I chillin' all alone. In. First name Urban D, last name now is Colonin. Well, not exactly, but not exactly. I'ma grab like this and break it down for Ashley. Or maybe Jessica. Or maybe Aaron. Maybe they just standing around and swear a parent. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're a kid. Maybe you just came right here now to sit. Uh, you be like, dang, oh man, now who's this you, dude? You saw me live up on the YouTube. <laughs> you checking how my face look. Tommy, go ahead and put it on your Facebook. Uh, oh. Do it in the Insta fam. We can take it to MySpace, better your Instagram. <laughs> and see me while I'm rocking. See me while I'm talking. See me, I just walked in. Uh, and you know it ain't pretty. I'm live in Cape Cod, but I come from Ebor City. <laughs> yeah, that's the 813. You can see me clearly in 3D. Uh, but we running out of time, so I'm running out of rhyme, and that's enough, so I'm fine. Here you go. KJ52, he's still... Those claps, those claps are like little kid claps. Those are beautiful. He's still got it, man. That's all the Gen Alphas, they're like, yay! That's good. Appreciate yeah, man, that's it. That's super dope, bro. You still got it, man. You still got it. Everybody always loves to hear you freestyle when you come to crossover. So... But three years ago, right before the pandemic, thank God that you were you were one of the very first episodes I did with the podcast. And I remember yes. um, I remember the title I came up with for the podcast. Yours was I quit rapping just in time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, remember that. That, <laughs> that, that was the truth, bro, because if you still would yeah. have been rapping, you would have been you would have been bankrupt. There was no yeah, shows, no nothing. <laughs> so nothing. thank God. You were pastoring at a church now. So, so man, talk about that transition, man. Because when we first met, 
we were both pastoring as youth right. pastors in the urban context. And, sure. uh, and you just, you were still doing that and music for a couple of years. And then you transitioned into, you know, going national as an artist. And, yeah. um, I, I went national as an artist too, but still kept doing youth ministry stuff. And then you like took off and I was like, KJ, what's up, man? You're like, I'm too busy to talk to you now, man. I'm busy. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it never now. happened. But so you were I like, you were super busy for, for like several years. We couldn't yeah. even get you at Flavor Fest because you were always on a tour in the fall, yeah. like time for like probably like almost a decade. But um, it was but then solid, you came yeah, back. It was a solid 20 years of my life, which is crazy to think that doing anything for 20 years is crazy to think. Yeah. Um, I think around. I don't know, maybe 2017, 2016. Um, I kind of already saw the writing on the wall, which was like the Lord challenging me to be like, what's going to be the next 20 years of your life? You know, like um, that combined with just a return to pastoring. Um, I was, you know, at, at the previous church I was at, I was teaching pastor. I was filling in this youth pastor. I helped start the college ministry. Um, but again, that was just all still kind of wedged in there between traveling full time and stuff like that. So um, a big reason, too, was that, like, you can't raise your kids from seven states away. Like I knew for me, like my kids, we waited to have kids for quite a while. But I'm like, my boys are getting older and there's going to come a point where they, you know, they just need dad home. And and so it was just all those things. Now, how that was going to be, you know, played out, I didn't really know. Um that being said, uh, probably 2019, I, you know, started putting in applications and actively seeking the church I was at, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to get hired there. So, um, I just started putting it out there and had a couple interviews and, um, could have moved out of state, could have moved in state, could have moved this place and that. And I ended up, um, at a church that's 10 minutes from my house. Um, with some amazing people that I had known for a very long time, uh, David and Dina Comer, and they offered me a position, which I had zero experience for. So that alone just shows you, like, they yeah. really took a gamble on me. I, it was, I was uh, what was called the go team pastor, which is the volunteers. Like, I've never trained volunteers, developed volunteers, administrated. I, I, like, I came in so green. Um, and I'll be honest with you, like, I was, I was in a, not a great space. You know what I mean? Like, I was a little bitter. I had some bad character flaws from the music industry. And I just had a lot of growing to do mm -hmm. like that first year, but then within three months, like the whole world shuts down. So it was like, <laughs> like, I, I just, you know, I, I, I almost take that first year and just kind of throw it away and be like, I kind of really started in the second year, maybe third yeah, year. Yeah. Um, but now 2020. Weird. it really was, but all that to be said, um, you know, I'm, I'm what's called a connections pastor. So I'm, I'm over our small groups. I'm over our volunteers. Also as an associate pastor, I do a lot of care pastor work. Um, but then like this Sunday I'll be speaking and you know, we're going to three services. <laughs> yeah, there you go. One of these Sundays. That's um, it. yeah. So basically that being said, like I ended up, you know, I'm stepping into a lot of things that I prayed about, dreamed about, that's good, man. you know, and that's kind of where I live now. Um, I do a, a, a men's Bible study. We do we call it Fight Club. Uh, we do a boxing workout super early with with a, a follow with a Bible study. So it's like I'm involved in discipleship, volunteer coordination, speaking, 
I have my hand in a lot of things. That's good. Well, bro, I want to say to you, man, I'm proud of you. And I've Thank known you. you all these years. I've always been proud to be your friend. And you've always done amazing stuff with your music and um, your, your merch superstore and stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but now to see you taking all those gifts and that creativity as an artist. And I, I think artists many times if you have a little administrative side and you have the right structure around you, artists can be some of the best pastors in the world because we tap yeah. into that creative side and we, you know, we think of innovation and things that others wouldn't. And so, man, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to see you thriving. I know we've had lots of conversations over the past couple of yeah. years, but to see you grow yes. in and see you yes. like feeling like you're, you're in a, in a sweet spot in a, in a great place not not in the place of like oh I, I used to be this big artist and I'm and and I want to go back to that and cuz you got some artists that don't know how to transition and they're still trying to hold on to the past. Yeah. We celebrate the past. It was great. We had great years on the road and doing stuff but and we're still doing a few things here and there but you know this next season what we're in right now is is just as exciting and fruitful and even more. Absolutely. And you can be home with your kids and your wife and she still loves you. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> celebrate 25 years of marriage this year. So. That's what's up, man. Congratulations, bro. And so, okay, last part, because I know you got to go, man. Um, last part, you mentioned Fight Club. So talk about yeah. the boxing stuff, because the last couple of years, you've gotten into boxing. And, and I almost see, see like that's a little bit of a trend in, in Christian hip-hop. There's, there's several different artists that uh, are kind of into boxing. You know, KB is, is yeah, into man. boxing. Um, some yeah. other people that are kind of around the fringes of CHH as well. Um, even a guy named Garbana. Do you know who Garbana is? He goes by mm -hmm. Holy Garbana. He's from Jacksonville. Um, okay. With tattoos all over his face. He's okay. gotten into in doing some boxing stuff. He's going to be at Flavor Fest this year, actually. Okay. Dope. He's got over a million followers on IG. We just, we just need to have a sparring match, and whoever Yo. wins gets, like, a, a Cuban yeah, sandwich. KJ52 and, and Garbana are going to, like, get in the ring. Um but yeah, there's a bunch of different people in in uh, in Christian hip hop that are either boxing fans or they're actually doing some boxing themselves. I know it's a it's a great workout. My best friend yeah. growing up in Philly, uh, my man Tone. I think you remember Tone, Tony Bruno yeah. back in the day. He was a big yeah. boxing guy, big boxing fan, and the church he was connected with in Philly uh, for a season there had like a boxing gym, and he was teaching sure. classes and doing Bible studies with kids in the hood. Uh, in Kensington, yeah, that's right in the middle where like the drug, that's the, like the drug capital of the East Coast right now. But, um, sure. but yeah, dude, talk a little bit about the boxing stuff, man, how you got into it and how you use that, man. <laughs> and some of the well, videos you've done too. Yeah, so um, it, it was really kind of accidental. So like, you know, my oldest son was having some, you know, some stuff related to ADHD and uh, the church I'm at, we have a UFC fighter uh, by the name of Nico Price. And um, I had just been like, dude, I don't know what to do. Like he's struggling in school and the ADHD has been really tough. He's like, oh, that's what I got. He's like, the only time the world slows down is when I'm fighting. And he's like, he's like, bring him by the gym. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, bring him by the gym. I'll train him or my guy will train him. And I was like, I was to the point where I was like, well, I've tried everything. I got to try something. Yeah. And so I did. And he immediately took to it, like his ADHD brain with, Mm. boxing just translated and so I'm sitting in the car watching him for two weeks I'm like I should you know I was always into like fitness and stuff but I'm like I should try this and I'm thinking all arrogantly like I'm gonna kill it and you realize the minute you do it how incredibly 
exhausting it is, how incredibly hard it is, but also just mentally, like the mental gymnastics of just doing boxing. That's not even counting sparring or getting in the ring or even fighting. So I just found a new thing that I could do with my son and, you know, he ends up losing, you know, 60 pounds because of it. And wow. after that, I was hooked and I thought, man, this can really translate to men that need to kind of like, I was like, hey, man, if you can do this, you can kind of do anything. And so um, also, you know, I was really pouring into the UFC fighter guy that I'm talking about. So I ended up writing his, his entrance song. Um, yeah. and I, I recently there, had a pastor friend of mine that texted me like, yo, you're yeah. KJ. And I sent you the video yeah. and you're like, you, you're like, yeah, that, that's my guy. I'm yeah. <laughs> so it was like, so then I'm like, well, what can we do here at the church? Cause we had a big discipleship push and we have a barn. And so I just took a couple bags and I'm like, shoot, some guys can meet me here at 7am, even if it's five of us. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And, and the Lord kept just kind of breathing on it. Well, that being said, it was like, I ended up baptizing him, Nico. Um, oh, anyway, I've always been connected to sports, you know, never like the great sports guy, but like, I always like hung around the sports dudes. So I ended up being like the guy that ministers to the sports guys. Mm -hmm. And then just from there, um, yeah, it just, I don't know. It's like, I, I firmly believe it is the fountain of youth. I also believe martial arts, any of those combat sports are really for people with trauma. Like if you've had any sort of like, I've never met a well-adjusted fighter in my life. Yeah. Most dudes fight, most great fighters fight from a place of trauma. And the beauty is that the gospel speaks to that trauma and brings healing. So it's like, you might be fighting because secretly you're fighting blah, blah, blah. But I've met people in the combat sports world that like dudes that will take your head off that are just like, explain to me why you believe in God, because I don't believe in God. And you just have very real, honest conversations. And then I also found that these guys were the most welcoming, loving, you know, like a brotherhood kind of world. And so it was just, it was just all those things. And, you know, I'm, pushing 50 now and I was like I need something that's high impact but low impact at the same time and so it's not you know boxing isn't a lot of lifting at all it's all body weight but my actual physical health at 48 is probably better than 38 or 28 or even 18 crazily oh, enough um so like I was like I'll do this forever you know 50s and so and, and battle rap and the competitive side of hip-hop and boxing are identical like yeah it's identical the feelings that i used to get when i had to go do battle rap are the exact same feelings i get when i got a spar or fight mm. like it's the same thing and it translates you know like if you can if you can step in the ring with somebody else even if it's for two minutes and master your own fear like yeah you can kind of do almost everything that's dope man again so. bro I'm, I'm proud of you man doing some crazy stuff so, all right, <laughs> very, very last thing, man. You got to tell a crazy, quick, crazy story, man, because you always remember, remember like, the most <laughs> random thing. So the craziest thing, think about this really quick, the, the, the craziest Flavor Fest story, since this is the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership craziest Podcast. Flavor been Fest a lot story. of Flavor Fests over the years. So, so um, what's a crazy, like, if you just pull it out right now? I think the, I don't know, I, I, the craziest one is when you had a WWF wrestling happening. <laughs> in the other room okay like blame it on chris I, chicago bro was all his I'm idea telling you, like it would be like i'm like i think half the crowd is gonna leave to watch grown men fake pummel each other i'm like what is happening at this flavor fest 
So I remember I worked really hard because I think I had a headline that time or I was like really high up in the, I'm like, everybody's leaving to go watch these fake fights in the other room. I just thought this is the best and worst thing I've ever experienced at Flavor Fest. Not that it, it didn't translate to me, but I just kept seeing like people leaving and going to watch. <laughs> I can't believe we did that, bro. Chris Chicago, shout out to him. He was the one that I think it was great. It was great, a, though, because there is a lot of hip-hop, you know, fans that also like wrestling, uh, almost like the boxing thing. It, oh, yeah. Uh, it I'm not fun. saying it was a bad idea. I just thought no, it was, it was just fun. this. That, to me, was Tampa personified because, like, there's a Theo Vaughn joke. I don't know if you heard of this comedian. He talks about Tampa. Like, it has the most craziest zoning. Like, you'll go to a place where they serve, you know, like Jamaican beef patties yeah. and you can get your car washed yep. at the same place next to somebody who sells prosthetic limbs. So for me, being from Tampa, I'm like, yeah, it totally makes sense. You're going to wrestle yeah. and watch hip-hop. Yeah. yeah, somebody sent me that recently, that little clip on Instagram. I was cracking. Yeah, up. that's the like, one that pops in my head. Just the year we had wrestling. I just thought well, I was... It was Chris <laughs> Chicago, and he was challenging Thistle. That's right. I forgot about that. And then he something just... happened. Like, I had to come out with this fake, like, thing and stop. They started wrestling. I had to come out and be like, no, wait a minute. Uh, Thistle got, didn't sign the form. And he's I not officially, it. he can't be the one to wrestle. Someone has to do it that is officially licensed. And then there was like yeah. some other big dude that, you know, was like, I, I actually got, a, I got a few more minutes. We don't have to hop off yet. Okay. I, I, thought, I have at least another five more minutes. Yeah, and I then, do remember and then that. And Thistle came in at the end when, when he had Chris Chicago pin the other guy and he tagged Thistle and then Thistle jumped on him. And then it was like, one. And, and dude, you remember that the guy that was the referee was the, the, the Russian sickle. Uh, Ivan Koltov. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The Russian okay. sickle. And so he was the referee, and then he was also, uh, he shared the gospel at the end, and people got saved it, at the Flavor Fest wrestling event. I, I, don't, I don't think I ever, like, went in there because I'm like, I can't deal with this, like, circus show. You know what I mean? But I was just like, sure, of course we would have wrestling in the other room where we used to have breakdancing. Totally makes sense. Like, <laughs> it was I, one me, night. It, there was wrestling on Friday night, breakdancing on Saturday night. That's how we do what it. What I'm saying is it didn't phase me. But anyone else, I think, would be like, the the, the Iron Sheik is there today? Yes. It was, it was but it's like, bananas. that's Florida. You know what I mean? That's Tampa, Florida. Absolutely. Like, you know, we sell bagels and, you know, you can get a prosthetic limb all in the same place. Yep. Yep. Crazy, bro. Well, hey, man, thanks for jumping on today, bro. It was good Absolutely. connecting with you. Excited to have you at Flavor Fest. And this year at Flavor Fest, you're not just performing, but you are going to be part of a panel where we are celebrating the 50 years of hip-hop. And so we're going to have three generations represented, three eras, basically. So we're going to have Christopher that, Play Martin. Um, that's, that's why I'm coming. OG from Kid and Play, House Party Movies. And Play is now in his 60s. And then we're going to yeah. have the next generation, KJ52, Jonas Sorrentino, yep. you know, the Christian yep. hip-hop icon, legend. He's going to be represented as a 48-year-old uh, from that generation, Generation X, the Xers. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to have Miles Minnick on the panel, who is like the young uh, kind of millennial. Uh, yeah, he's a young millennial, older Gen Z, kind of right in that era. And uh, yeah, speak to that real quick. what's up? Right, so can I speak to what you just talked about? Speak real quick? to it, man. Um, so 
you know, it's crazy to go from being on the stage to being in the audience, but really it's not. I don't really, you know, it's like I don't have any ego anymore. I don't care about that. Like, so my middle son is a huge Christian hip hop fan. And so I was able to take him and my youngest to uh, KB, uh, Zanti, uh, Miles Minnick, Angie Rose. And I think there was one other person there. I'm spacing out. Um, and he, like, he loves Miles Minnick. Like he loves his music. And it's like, I see the new younger generation and I'm, I'm just so, I'm like a proud older brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't need to know me. It doesn't matter. I could care less. Like I, you know, I, I'll, I'll shake your hand and say my name is Jonah. But I'm like to watch that next generation, like what they've done and what they continue to do, and like the open platforms and like, like, yeah. I I, I, I had so much joy just sitting in the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. seeing what the Lord was doing, you know, through Christian hip hop, and and that's how we roll the school every morning. It's 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 all those groups. You know. That's good, bro. Yeah, man, so. I'm super proud of Miles. I had him on the podcast earlier this year. He's going to be um, doing a set at Flavor Fest as well um, as one of the headliners and just what he's doing with Glow Fest. And he was with us at, at Flavor Fest LA. We got to hang yeah. out. And just to see his heart, man, he's, he's totally ministry, wants to see people come to know Jesus. Yeah. His altar calls at his shows, all that kind of stuff. And so I, see, I, I would say that that's something I'm so encouraged by the younger yeah. generation. They are really about who God is. Yeah. That's not yeah. everybody, but there is a group oh, really? of the next generation that it, yeah, yeah, there's not all the next generation artists. Are, okay, are I guess, they're not I guess all that up front. With here. It. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you have like your, your miles minutes, you have your, your Zonti, um, you know, who's all up, you know, in people's grill with talking about Jesus. You have, um, Hovey, yeah. you know, you got these younger artists that are like in their twenties and they're representing strong, man. That's beautiful to, beautiful yeah. to see, man. I think the next generation is in, in, in good hands. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So it's going to be dope, man. So you're going to be, uh, in the general yeah. session. That's going to be Saturday morning at flavor fest. Yeah. So you want to make sure you register for the conference. The conference is going to be super dope. We got some great speakers at flavor fest this year. Uh, Tony Gaskins is going to be speaking, um, uh, a lady named Susie Gazme. She's going to be speaking from, from California. I'll be doing a session. We're Friday afternoon. We're doing a, a seven on seven session. Seven okay. in the general session. Seven artists are going to talk for seven minutes. And they're going to okay. talk about our theme for this year called Rebrand. We did that last year. It was a hit. Everybody loved it. Because after lunch, everybody's like, you know, you, you, yeah. you eat that lunch. You sit down in the air conditioning and you get a little sleepy. But, man, we had those seven-minute clips and it was one after the other. Each person got up and it really kept people, like, engaged. And then, of course, Saturday Great. morning, we're going to cap it off with the panel of the hip-hop uh, 50 years of hip hop, looking at some leadership lessons that we learned. So it's going to be dope. So KJ, Jonah, Pastor yes, Jonah, can you close us out, man, with a word of prayer, man? Yes. Let's pray for all the leaders and artists and pastors and people that are tapping in. Yes, Lord, thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, we pause just to say, God, you have your rightful place. And our desire is that you would stay in that rightful place. So just everything with Flavor Fest, everyone that's coming there, Lord, let them not just meet each other, but meet you. And uh, and just do your thing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So one more time, make some noise for my guy, KJ. Five, two. I got to give you those, those kid claps one more time. So anyways, family, 
Thank you guys for tapping in today. We will be back next week with another episode. Uh, next week, we got my guy, Pastor Andy Rebirth. He's a hip-hop artist and a pastor. He's from New Orleans. He is also going to be doing a workshop at Flavor Fest this year. So tap in next week. In the meantime, flavorfest.org. Check out the new website, all the details of what's coming up at the conference. Much love. Thanks for tuning in to the Flavor Fest, Urban Leadership Podcast. Stay connected with us on social media at UrbanD813 and at Flavor Fest. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace and God bless.